Podo. You're listening to Movers and Shakers, a podcast about living with Parkinson's. The show is generously sponsored by Boardwave, an exclusive European networking community for software CEOs. Boardwave is a passionate supporter of Cure Parkinson's. For more details on the charity's progress around research and its fundraising, please visit cureparkinsons.org.uk. Hello. Well, the Movers and Shakers are back in the pub. You can't keep us away. And this is a bonus episode. We've been overwhelmed, excited, honoured by the hugely positive reaction to the first few episodes of the podcast. We've had so many emails and Facebook messages and texts telling us that we're helping draw back the veil on Parkinson's. So we thought we ought to read some of them out. But first of all, let me take the register. Who have we got here today? Jeremy Paxman. Julian Nacy Solomar. Nicholas Mostyn. Paul Mayhew Archer. Mark Mardell. What a cast. Well, what we've done is each choose two letters we particularly liked. Round one. Jeremy, why don't you read your first one, which is from someone called Susan, I think. It is. And she says that she was diagnosed in, with Parkinson's in 2020 and that getting to see a consultant was a nightmare. And when I did get an appointment, it was by telephone. How anyone thought they could diagnose Parkinson's over the telephone is beyond me. I was asked stupid questions to which I could have told her anything. I felt totally let down by the NHS, the more so because I had worked as a radiographer in the NHS for 44 years and stupidly thought they would repay my hard work when I needed it. I did some research and travelled over 90 miles to see a wonderful neurologist privately. He was as disgusted as I was at the treatment I had received and eventually got me referred back to the NHS neurologist who continues my treatment. And that really reflects quite a lot of messages we've had sympathising or agreeing with us that Parkinson's care could be a bit better. It's a common theme, isn't it? Common theme. Paul, you've been at the coalface longer than us and you've seen very variable cares. I've heard from people who've told me that their neurologist was looking out of the window when they were told that they had Parkinson's. Last weekend, I was told something extraordinary. This was some years ago, over a decade ago. But a woman was told that she had Parkinson's by a neurologist who said, well, here are some drugs. Try them in different amounts and see how you get off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which is yeah. just extraordinary. Yeah, but that... even, I mean, that was 12 or 15 years ago. But even so, it's just like the dark ages. On the other hand, there are some people who get wonderful treatment. I've got a wonderful neurologist, Michelle Hu, and she's marvellous. And there are other people who are marvellous. But it needs to be uniform across the country. There should be a charter for Parkinson's people. We're yeah. going to put one together, aren't we? We are, and we're going to take it to the NHS, and we're going to get them to sign up to it. And if they don't do it, we'll let, let you loose on them, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah you, or you. you. You've, you've been warned. Gillian, what's your letter, your first letter? Well, I picked this one because this is from James and Cynthia Smilly, and I gave them a ring when they sent it. They sent me a little bit more information on some of it after that. So I'd love to read just a few lines of the first one, a couple of lines that they sent me subsequently. So the first one is, Dear Movers and Shakers, my wife and I have really enjoyed listening to Movers and Shakers with a lot of laughter. Keeping the subject of PD open and honest with laughter in the mix helps a great deal. FYI, they tell us, I was diagnosed three years ago as having late-onset akinesia dominant Parkinson's, age 75. And then comes the little gem. An important drug which helps is a dose of hopamine. 
now and again, oh. which I thought was lovely. <laughs> lovely. And then let me just read you. I said, well, what is hope mean? And I ended up having quite a long chat with James on the phone. He sent me this article, which it comes from a lady called Marina Nordegraaf, and it says, Hopamine reflects each person with Parkinson's unique personal characteristics. It really supplements dopamine as a reflection of people's unique physical characteristics. Instead of merely prescribing dopamine replacement medication that places the fate of the individual primarily in the hands of the medical professions, Hopamine is all about taking control yourself, which is kind of what we're trying to do here. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, Mark, you've got one which I think includes the expression grumpy old men. Well, are that's they talking why, about us? Yes, they are. Michelle caught my eye by sending this email headed some thoughts on grumpy old men, urging us to have more balance. And she said not in BBC terms, but featuring younger women with Parkinson's. So I hope we've corrected that with episode three. But then she then posted on the Facebook page about her diagnosis. And she says the first neurologist could have competed with Jeremy for prize gloomster. In response to my question about research, he said, clinical trials never work. He also told me to stop horse riding because I might fall off. In response, I crossed the high Andes on a horse. I am still riding, still running and kickboxing too, learning Argentine tango and still working. I dispensed with the service of the curmudgeonly neurologist and found a new one who is on the same page. Yeah, it's quite important, isn't it, not to have a curmudgeonly individual <laughs> greeting you at the, at, at the consultant's door. And again, people find that they shop around and do find one they like, but I think it's probably not that easy, is it? No. Paul Mayhew Archer, what have you got for us? Well, Roy, I have a response from Ruth Smith, who covers an incredible number of factors in Parkinson's, but the one I want to concentrate on is this. Most days, she says, most days I feel positive and resourceful, but at least once a week I have a day when I don't want to leave the house or do anything. My confidence and self-consciousness about how I present to others has been affected by the big P, and yet I don't think you'd know it I had it if you met me. I am very, very lucky to have three wonderful adult kids and a supportive partner. I know beyond doubt how much more difficult all this would be without their good humour, love and care of me. What I find so very hard to manage about this condition is that I don't know what is going to happen. I actually don't know how I am at all anymore because I have never done cold turkey on cinemet to ascertain what my true tremor, walk, mood would be like without the drugs. Has anyone else? Was it awful? Look forward to listening in again. And I have, and it's awful. It's awful. And the thing is, what she's touching on is the need for people like us and other groups to meet together because the real experts on Parkinson's are the people with Parkinson's and by Us. talking to each other. Yeah. We learn to, I've learned so much yeah. sitting around this I thoroughly this recommend the pub. Yes. yes. <laughs> and be honest about, you know, the difficulties. Is and, that another and, free um, round we get? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Mostyn, Judge, what have you got for us? I would like to read a letter from Eileen, who writes that she's just listened to your first episodes, and they could not have come at a better time. I'm a 56-year-old woman living with Parkinson's in Chicago. So we've been listened to in America. Hey. I was diagnosed in 2018. I've been struggling to feel like anyone can relate to me. I laughed at Paul's ability to spin comedic goal right away. And I also love Jeremy's sour notes. Quote, this disease hasn't given me fuck all. Producer, can, can you remember to bleep that? No, because I'm, I'm quoting somebody else. I'm not being profane myself. Right. So that's an acceptable use of the word. <laughs> I continue to work as an air hostess as I can't afford to retire. Please discuss resources for those less privileged as well as programmes like the ballet class where one can socialise with others with PD. 
please know that your pub chats are soothing hearts around the globe. I'm trying to be less Eeyore and more Tigger in my day-to-day dealings, and your podcast is such a balm for my weary spirit. Also, don't interrupt Gillian when she talks, gentlemen. <laughs> Female perspectives are much appreciated. That's us told. <laughs> and finally, I've got a letter from Abdi in South London. He was diagnosed in 2013, he says. Your podcast provides me with a sense of comfort and reassurance that I'm not alone in my experiences. Isolation can be a challenge for people with PD. And listening to your podcast makes me feel like I'm among people who understand what I'm going through. It is doubly hard in my community. I am British Somali, where there may be less awareness and understanding of my condition. Thank you for your valuable work and please continue to keep it up. I find that actually quite moving. The fact That's that, really touching. Yeah, that we're making some kind of impact. Getting through to someone. Mm. I yeah. was struck by that and did wonder how many different communities treat the disease differently. The treatment for people from ethnic minority communities and, and their involvement in drug trials is a big issue in Pakistan. They, they're not often involved. Future episode, yeah, maybe? Yeah, it could be. So we're on to round two. You've got a letter to read. What is this? It's, it's the, the one at the bottom, Jeremy from Jim. I, I'll, I'll read a line in Jeremy check. now has the judge's oh, glasses Jim, on. From Jim Parsons. Hello, all. I'm not a great podcast consumer. Well, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really enjoying Movers and Shakers. First episode, suffer from poor audio. Well, he can... He's the producer as well. <laughs> Anyway, he goes on and on and on and on and on. But it turns out he has a commercial relationship with somebody who makes... It's a very good hobby, actually. I, I, I mean, I love watching birds. He took up bird watching, didn't bird he? Watching. He took up bird watching. But because he's got a tremor, I thought this was quite interesting. Because he's got a tremor, it's very difficult holding the binoculars. And he's exactly he's recommending a brand of binoculars. We're not advertising them, which cures the, the tremor, which stabilises exactly. the Exactly. But if I was going to go and buy some binoculars to do bird watching, I would first of all test them with the shakes. We're not going to name this the brand. This bloke is a fr- clearly fronted. He's a soft front for him. <laughs> you can have your glasses back, Judge. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, they still seem to be working. Excellent. And I, I need my script back. And I, 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 I'm so overwhelmed by that that um, I've lost my place. I'm next. Oh, you're next. Yeah, well, on this second round, I've decided People to... People think that we don't have a script, you know. I know they, they think we think don't have a script. People think we just talk. They think we just make this up as we go along, and actually... It would be a lot better if it was thought about in advance. You were the one who said we didn't need a script. Let, let's not get into public We don't need now. a We don't need a script. <laughs> let's get it all back on track. So I'm going to read a letter from Peter Cullimore. I was diagnosed in 2013 and only recently discovered table tennis as an ideal exercise for people with what Parkinson's. What a good idea. Exactly. I've learned something here. It's sociable, sharpens your reflexes, helps your hand-eye coordination, and makes you bend and stretch, but it's far less ex- exhausting and tennis. Only trouble was that once I lost my balance trying to reach a smash, fell over backwards and dislocated a finger. But I'm back on the table now, despite having been advised by friends to try a less dangerous sport like rugby or boxing. Well, It's <laughs> good... a really good idea there. Yeah. So thank you Peter Cullimore, who tells me he, he used to work with us at the BBC 
30 odd years ago and is now a retired Welsh journalist. Good luck to you, Peter. You've given us a, a good idea. Ping pong all round, folks. Mark, what have you got? Well, this letter's from Davina, whose husband, Mike, was diagnosed in 2006 with early onset Parkinson's. He's now 17. And she heads her letter, many thanks, three exclamation marks, at last a voice. But she goes on saying, without getting too heavy, we wish the podcast was made compulsory listening for neurologists, therapists, nurses and hospitals to bring about better, more consistent diagnosis, treatment and information by holding up a huge mirror to what is truly happening or not happening at the moment. A neurologist full of facts, theories and academic qualifications does not help Parkies get through a crap day at home. primary problem which needs attention concerns easier access and confidence in a support network, consistent therapies, treatments and information. And she ends up saying, looking forward to future episodes and heartfelt thanks for taking the time and effort to put this out there to help fellow Parkies. Well, thank you very much. To uh, Mike and Davina Ware, that was. Paul, you've got one more letter for us. This is a short one from Liz, and she just says, um, Your podcast has brought sunlight on a journey which I have to travel onwards, no matter how much I fight. Thank you, and please keep talking. I wish I lived closer to Notting Hill. And she spelt Notting K-N-O-T-T-I-N-G. Should we have to come to the pub with people like you? No, but it's wonderful that we're, we're knotted because we, our bodies are strangely knotted, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's rather Sadly. wonderful. Gillian, you've got a letter from somebody who I think claims he was at university with me. He does, he does. Um, can I eat my apple now? You can eat your apple now. <laughs> Quiet. Thank you. OK, so this was, yeah, he's called Peter Oliver and he's a doctor. Amazing, we've got so many letters from doctors, actually. Doctors with Parkinson's, strange. And he says that Parkinson's supergroup, as he calls us, which I thought was rather nice, rose superbly to the challenge of that difficult second podcast. He says it ticked Lord Reith's three boxes very satisfactorily, which, if I remember correctly, are inform, educate and... Entertain. Entertain, yeah. And then he goes on to say similarly to the ones we were reading out before about how the series should be compulsive and, oh, he says compulsive and or compulsory listening. Not for us Parkinson's people, but for training neurologists and other health professionals, which is nice. In the last paragraph, which I picked up on again, he says he thinks Parkinson's disease is a useless term as it's self-evidently not one disease. It's becoming more and more evident every time we talk about it. He says Parkinson's syndrome may sound a little more scientific, but a syndrome usually has some sine qua known features, whereas Parkinson's may manifest unique combinations of symptoms. I mean, we all have such different symptoms. He says, I prefer the terms Parkinson's multiplex, but this has yet to gain any traction with my colleagues. I don't think it's going to carry it. It's like a cinema. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. the Parkinson's multiplex tonight. <laughs> And one last What's thing, on? his other suggestion is, nothing's on ever. One might as well say Parkinson's pick a mix, he says. All this is patient-friendly and nicely alliterative, but sadly it may infringe the intellectual property rights of the heirs of Frank Woolworth. And finally, last but not least, Judge Nick Mostyn. You want to talk about a fellow judge? Yes, <clears throat> we received a tweet which said this, the news that Mostyn is to retire early reminds me that I saw the great Sir David Penry Davies bravely speak at the Old Bailey bar mess when the effects of his Parkinson's could not be hidden. And I wanted to tell you this story about Sir David Penry Davies. He was a legendary judge who bestrode the world of criminal and civil litigation, but he was diagnosed in 2010, and for him the condition took its grip very quickly and very harshly. I saw him in May 2015 at the annual golfing event for judges and barristers in Rye. He was brought onto the terrace in a wheelchair... 
His tremor was so pronounced he could not hold anything and he had to be fed manually. In order to drink, they had to put an enormous straw into his beer, which his wife had to hold to his chin so he could drink. He appeared to be reduced to a condition of profound helplessness. It was a tragedy to see such a great man laid so low. They then picked him up, put him in a buggy and drove him to the first tee. They picked him up, took him out of the buggy, carried him onto the tee, put a driver in his hands and put a ball on a tee peg. Suddenly, the violent tremor stopped for about 10 seconds as he concentrated fiercely on the ball. And with a beautiful swing, he smashed it straight down the fairway for about 250 yards. Then the tremor immediately resumed with ever more ferocity. They put him in the buggy and they headed off onto the golf course. I'd never seen anything like it. He died four months later. When his, his widow heard I was going to tell this story and she sent me an email which I received yesterday, she said this. He loved his golf right to the end and he much enjoyed the surprise of his opponents who were flabbergasted by his swing after completely writing him off when they saw him on his Zimmer frame. Putting was more problematic. As you will recall, he was totally unembarrassed by his physical condition and he was also very funny, which made things much easier. He was a very gifted pianist and in the week of his death, he'd been really ill and in bed for a week. But on the Friday evening, he was well enough to come downstairs for supper. He staggered out of the lift wobbled over to the piano and played beautifully by ear for 20 minutes without a single tremor. I could not believe it. He enjoyed a good supper, went to bed and died of a sudden heart attack. What a good way to go. She says, I've just listened to your first podcast and will now listen to the others. I think it's terrific. And I'm only sad that David isn't here to join you, which he would have loved. Well, that's it for this special episode of Movers and Shakers. Thank you for all of those messages. They've been absolutely brilliant. Uh, we could have read out a lot more. But keep them coming. Don't forget the email address is feedback at moversandshakerspodcast.com. We'll be looking out for them. And join us again next week for the next episode. You've been listening to Movers and Shakers with me, Rory Catlin-Jones, and my friends Gillian Lacey-Solomar, Mark Mardell, Paul Mayhew-Archer, Nicholas Mostyn and Jeremy Paxman. The show is produced by Nick Hilton for Poddo. Our theme music is by Alex Stobbs and cover artwork by Till Lucat. Thanks again to Boardwave for their support. Please subscribe to get new episodes straight into your podcast app and do rate and review if you've enjoyed the show. We're also on Twitter, at MoversAnd6, that's Movers and the number six. So please share the show there, and email any thoughts or questions to feedback at moversandshakerspodcast.com. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>